On this episode of The Stack, we talk about Google PageSpeed and an update coming to HubSpot workflows. Welcome to another episode of The Stack, our weekly podcast where we discuss the latest trends in the world of sales, marketing, and tech. I am your host, Tim Staberski. I'm, I'm your co-host, Tim Staberski. I'm Ryan Sylvester. And I'm Kelsey Miller. And we are here with episode number 75 um, on today, Tuesday, November 12th, 12th, 2019. It's been a Day. That's the tagline of this show. Yeah, we are uh-huh. all aboard the struggle bus today. <laughs> yeah, that's. I don't like that. Well, I, I love. I, I've I never love heard the that struggle before. You've never heard that. No, I love the struggle bus saying. That's my favorite. Um, but yeah. So today is uh, a fun, short. I think a little episode. Um, where we're going to be talking a lot about page speed because Google is making some pretty big announcements and also some. Some more updates to HubSpot, which I know we keep coming at you with, but this is again sort of um, that carry through from HubSpot that from inbound earlier in the year. The features they announced, they're finally making their way to the actual app. They're live, something we're really excited about. So I'm gonna punt it over to Ryan for the first one. It's aggressive. Yeah, a punt, a punt is very a, a toss is nice. A nice toss. Anyways, uh, so yeah, the first article comes from the Chromium blog. It's titled "Moving Towards a Faster Web." We have talked endlessly about improving your page speed, compressing images, removing unused CSS and HTML, checking your plugins, and all that stuff. And it is really going to start to matter because Google is. It has always mattered. Well, it, it's going to matter but it, more. It's always mattered, now. but it's going to it's going to be a big deal if you have a slow website. The reason, why is that? The reason, the reason being, is Google is going to start to tag slow websites with a slow load badge, which means, let's say you are loading a website over mobile, and it's taking a long time, and it's notoriously taking a long time. Google will now display a loading screen, but it will it will give a little warning triangle saying this website usually loads slowly. So that means if you have a slow website, you are going to be penalized even more than you were before, meaning users are actually going to see Google displaying an error. Rather than them just seeing a page trying to load, they're going to see something directly from Google saying this website itself is slow. Yeah, it's yeah. similar to what they did with the um, the whole push to HTTPS. Yeah. Um, you know, in the past, it was just something that happened. On, if you had HTTPS, there was no real indication to the average user whether or not you, you were on a secure version of, whether or not they were on a secure version of your site uh, until Google made the push, I think, like a year and a half ago to start making that notification when they are on HTTP indicating that it's a non-secure version of the website, Um, which just in general, from a user perspective, I don't want to see that I'm on a non-secure website. It's going to make me question whether or not I should be there and probably cause me to pivot my way back to the search engines, uh, to the the search results. But the the page speed is going to be interesting. 
they don't know what it's going to look like yeah, for so, sure yet. So I, I was going to pull this quote here, and it says, Our plan to identify sites that are fast or slow will take place in gradual steps. Based on increasingly, uh, increasingly strict criteria, our long-term goal is to define badging for high-quality experiences, which may include signals beyond just speed. We're building out speed, <laughs> speed badging in close collaboration with our teams, exploring labeling the quality of experiences at Google. It's I'm I'm interested. I think it's going to be cool. I'm also worried because yeah. the a lot of websites have this is um, this is definitely in collaboration with the new rollout of the page insight or speed page. God, <laughs> <laughs> page speed insights report in Google Search Console, which yeah. has definitely been rolled out to I would say almost 100 percent of website owners by now in Google Search Console. And if you look at those, I'm sure a lot of you out there are experiencing a lot of reports of slow page speeds. Hopefully not, but I'm sure a lot of you out there. This is also kind of a new development or a, it's a, it's a, it, it's a, I don't know how to frame it. In the past, there, have, if you've ever watched a Google Hangout with John Mueller, John Moo, there have been a lot of questions from webmasters asking him about how important page speed is actually in terms of being a ranking factor. And he has always said, yeah, it's a ranking factor, but it's not as much of a ranking factor as you probably think it is. Like those are his words. And we've always kind of taken that to be a little bit of bullshit, frankly. Um, <laughs> yeah. But this is indirect opposition to that stance they, they're they're taking it a step further in in warning the yeah. user that it's right. that it's an issue that yeah. they're aware of and that it's an issue that they should be concerned with so whether or not it's a ranking factor it's going to become really important from from a user perspective yeah definitely. it's just it's interesting that they would i don't know well when you roll a, an entire develop. tool in google yeah. search console and then this comes out you it's just sending wonder. a message. Yeah, yeah, it's sending a message. So it's also I feel like sometimes from the grumblings of the SEOs out on the web, there's there's a there can be some grumbling about how much power Google wields on the shape of the web. I know that there that's been that was a big talking point back when AMP was first rolled out. That was a Again, a big talking point when HTTP to HTTPS was was a big concern. I feel like there's going to be a little bit of tiny pushback on this. Again, not because there's anything wrong with wanting a faster web, but it is a bit heavy-handed when you think about. Well, there's the just the the amount of fast websites out there compared to the amount of slow websites is probably uh, probably heavily one-sided to the slow websites. Yeah. yeah. I, Again, I think it's good for the web. I think yeah, it's no, good totally. in general for everyone to have a faster website. It's yeah. just it's interesting. I'm, it's gonna force people to to really do yeah. so. If you haven't right. done anything yet, now's the time. Right. And if you haven't done anything yet and you have a painfully slow website, you should uh give us a ping because we yeah. are pros at speeding up websites. Yeah. Right, Ryan? I, I, yeah, I, Ryan. I, I was gonna say <laughs> I, I was gonna say in in the notes I have linked to our, our technical SEO services and and one of the things that we do is we do a, a technical audit and if you are having trouble with stuff like unused css or maybe you have some plugins that are deploying scripts 
or across multiple pages and it's only used on one and there's just tons of things out there that you might not know about we can help you find it or like 98 percent of websites if you have images that are freaking massive yep (laughs) we can tell you exactly where those are serving those in next gen formats (laughs) and if you don't know what that is call us (laughs) um so yeah that's uh that's important check it out yeah over to you tim cool i don't know why my voice just got so high there this update actually, uh, like we mentioned earlier, comes from Hub from the HubSpot blog, and Kelsey's laughing at me because I keep stumbling over my words. And we have all like, like this whole week. It's just been <laughs> no so this whole week. Anymore. It's Tuesday. <laughs> I literally forgot what day it was. So sorry. I know we do this every Tuesday, but I keep forgetting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so this update comes from the HubSpot blog, and it's titled "A New Engine for Your Workflows," and. Again, this is something that was announced at Inbound 2019 earlier in September of the year. Um, I'm just going to quote from the first couple of lines of the article and tell you why I'm so excited about it. So Workflows is your automation engine in HubSpot. With Workflows, you can automate manual tasks, saving you time and smoothing out processes. In the last few months, your workflows tool has undergone a complete under-the-hood renovation. As a result, you've seen a ton, a ton of new features that enable new automations and optimize existing ones. But those new features have always come with a caveat, only available in company, deal, ticket, and quote workflows. I'm talking with my hands right now, which is kind of weird to me. In the next few months, that caveat won't be applicable anymore because it will, it will officially be available for contacts. And that's really important. It's really powerful in a lot of, a lot of, there are a lot of uh, really strong use cases for it. So a couple of the new features, which again, just really great. Um, you know, there's, there's now the, the opportunity, the option, there's the option to enable Slack notifications. So if your team uses Slack to communicate and if they live in Slack, like we do, we live in Slack, Twenty four seven, frankly, you can, <laughs> seems that way. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> whether or not we're in the office, we're on Slack. So you you can now enable those Slack notifications. So if if you see a contact or a company or deal, whatever, taking a, an action that signifies that they're willing to buy, you can jump on it right then and there, uh, in a way that maybe you know with email can get a little lost if you're not checking that regularly, if you're not getting those notifications. So that's really cool. There's also, if you're using Asana for project management, there's now an Asana task creation trigger to just automatically generate tasks based on what happens in HubSpot. So that's really cool. There's one that I know we're really excited about uh, is this ability to copy contact properties to deal, quote, and tickets. Just from a, a workflow perspective, the ability to take that information and automatically move it over from a contact to a deal, from a contact to a property. It's just, it's it's going to make everything a lot smoother. It's really cool, really exciting. And then finally, one of the things that, one of the issues that we've complained about a lot in the past, not complained about, but it's it's been a complicating factor with some of uh, the workflows that we've built, is whenever you, in the past, whenever you've built a workflow, if you've branched that workflow in any way, if there has branch. If that with an if with yeah, with an if then branch, there's never been a way for you to sort of tie those branches back together. Often often you'll you'll want to create an if then branch so that a number of other steps happen 
but in the end, the end act, the the last action or the last couple of actions or whatever should really tie back together once certain criteria have been met. And that's not been an option in the past, but now it will be. And it's going to make it a lot easier to build out a really efficient workflow. It seems like a huge win because it was a huge miss in the beginning. Yeah, like Exactly. Mm -hmm. When you create a workflow, let's say you are creating a workflow for lead nurturing and you want a contact who has previously bought X product to buy Y product and you're giving them multiple opportunities with multiple emails. As soon as you split that out, let's say you send them an email and then your if then branches, if they click to CTA within that email, then they go to this branch. And if they didn't, they go to another branch. At the end of the day, they're trying to get to the same end goal, yeah. mm -hmm. but bringing them back together. Now you have to recreate both sides of that yeah. workflow, and it's right. just it's tedious. It makes it more complicated and a little bit more messy. It's it's harder to maintain. Main for I, sure. I feel like it, like you can build you can build a workflow and it can run smoothly for years, but you make a change to your emails or to to your strategy or to to whatever. You have to go back, and it really, you should evaluate your your workflows every single time you make a, a change like that. You should be regularly evaluating and maintaining your workflows in general. But to like Ryan said, when when you have these many branching elements, it just it, they, things can sprawl. You have more steps. When there's more steps, there's more opportunities for some kind of failure. That's true in everything in life, yeah. including workflows. So. Making it easier, making it more streamlined, it's it's a smart move. It's uh, something we're really excited about. On a related note, this isn't really like a third article, but it's related to this one, is uh, if you are an enterprise customer for HubSpot, you probably, your company's at the size where you might be pushing up against the maximum number of workflows that you can have, which in the past was, I believe, it, it was, was 500. 500. Seems like a crazy amount to most companies not in enterprise, but for those in enterprise, that's not that outrageous. So if you have found yourself pushing up against that maximum limit, there's now uh, the, that limit has been essentially doubled. So double the workflows, same great price. Woohoo. It's pretty Bam. cool. Yeah. Cool. That brings us to the app of the week. This week, I was searching around and found this really cool vector creator app, and it is brought to us by Icon Eight. They have like a bunch of different. Why are you laughing? I'm la I don't know the way the way that you said that made me think of those like oh, yeah, sponsorship. They, deals. Oh no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not a sponsor thing. But like Icon Eight, a lot of the times we run into these apps, uh, one company will make a a bunch of different ones. So Vector Creator is created by Icon8. And what it is, it's, it's it's an online design platform that allows you to create and share vector images. And it's a cool click, drag, and drop. You can resize, arrange really easily, and you can pick a similar style. And you can create, maybe you're looking to create cool featured images for your blog post, or you're looking to illustrate a process with engaging images and you can really tailor it to however you want and there is tons and tons and tons of icons and different things you can click and drag i have it open right now i just want to see all the different categories okay so it is animals hang on i gotta expand this one second 
Animals, plants, objects, decorations, symbols, backgrounds, and text. So you can just make whatever you want. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah. And I think it, for a website that is looking to create a custom featured image. So if you go to our blog, we have a lot of vector style featured images that we reuse across a bunch of different blog posts. In which we've created in Adobe Illustrator. Right. So this, you know, if you don't want to pay for the Adobe Illustration price, which, you know, for the Adobe suite can be pretty pricey. Um, this is a free, they have a free and a paid option. And with the paid option, you get access to icon, like the, the entire icon eight license, which is pretty reasonably priced too. So if you, uh, if you go in here, you can pick a style that aligns to maybe your brand colors and you can upload your own images. So you can pop in your brand logo if you want. It's, it's a really great tool for someone who wants custom images on their website, but who doesn't have design skills. And exactly. I, I say that not being condescending. I mean, I am, I personally am not a designer. I've tried making custom vector images and they look like. They end know, up looking like doodles. They do. If you they, don't they do. have those background skills. That's again, that's, that's, not trying yeah, to be mean. I'm in mean the same boat there. Um, so I think this is, this is really cool. It's really probably really helpful for a lot of small businesses. Uh, yeah. It'll be really helpful for me when I personally want to try to jazz up my content and not bog down Ryan <laughs> with a request uh, to, to make that image. So Speaking I'm looking forward to playing jazzing things up. In the five minutes that I tested this tool, I made a dog playing a saxophone at night. And it's pretty oh, cool. Oh, is that? That's I made what, that. You made that? I made that, yeah. You can say it. It's I will honestly say that I thought that that was an image that they created like as a part of their promotion. I really thought so too. It kind of seemed the the squares and the circles off to the side. Mm. Kind of like, if you want to check it out, it made me think of like a Google. If you want to check out this beautiful artwork, check out our show notes. Uh, so yeah, it, it's cool. And uh, like they said, if you don't have any design skills and you want them. Give your website a little pop. It's a great tool to check out. Give it a gander. That brings us to the lightning round. Number one, YouTube launches a redesign of its desktop homepage. It's cool. It's just good to be. Anytime Google or Facebook or YouTube or Instagram or any channel that you're using to distribute your content makes a change, you should be aware of that. So if YouTube is important to you and it might be, just take a look. Be aware of it. Understand what that change is is and what it might mean for your business. Number two, Google Ads editor update includes support for discovery campaigns. So this is in response to the discovery performance metrics in Google Search Console. Well, and the discovery. Well, and that's, yeah. yeah but um, now you can kind of get a side-by-side -side yeah. between both that's tools. Cool. I think, personally, I haven't really looked at it, looked too much into it, but I think what's really cool about, or what's really helpful, the reason Google Ads works is because you're targeting someone who's actively doing a search. They put in a, a query, you're targeting that query. It makes sense. They're mm -hmm. actively looking for information or something. Discover is more passive. You you go on Discover when you're just I don't go on Discover. I, I, I didn't used to until I started to exhaust my regular... A lot of the... Okay, oh, no. tangent. A lot of the websites that I used to go to when I was... Board have 
suddenly gone behind a paywall. So like wired.com is now behind a paywall. The Atlantic is behind a paywall and I'm not willing to pay for my news or my content. So I have been going to, to just the discover tab more on my phone and I've been finding some interesting stuff, some cool stuff. I'm still concerned about why Google thinks I'm Google thinks I'm obsessed with Julia child. For example, I don't get it. Tim, I can see it, but I, I like her, but there's, I've never searched for Julia child. It's, it's interesting to me, but, my point being, it's a more passive way of finding information. You're not actively doing a search. So I might expect the click-through rate and the conversion rate to be less. They might be skewed discover. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just I just went on Discover for literally the second time. <laughs> I love it. Are you going to use it now? I probably will. I, something with Star Wars just came up. <laughs> oh, so that was your yeah, this, main selling yeah. point. But, so I think, test it out. Oh my God, America's largest milk producer files for bankruptcy. Is it Gaida? What? No, it's uh, Dairy Pure. Oh, huh, Dairy Pure. Great. Scientists may have just worked out why we hiccup. Anyways, All right, anyway. Anyway, uh, Senate bill seeks to, oh, this is number three. Senate bill seeks to compel tech companies to offer unfiltered versions of their content. This is not by any means um, final. It's obviously, it's just up for debate but it's tied back to GDPR and the push that that ultimately had for California to sort of create their own version of GDPR. And the point being a lot of websites, they, they work because of custom customization, customization, personalization. That's a word. Yeah. And what that means is that one person doesn't necessarily see the exact same thing as another person. Right. Google search results in many regards are personalized based on your previous history and things like that. Uh, if you're using HubSpot to host your website or your blog, you can you can use the tools within HubSpot to show certain segments of your audience certain things that other segments don't see, et cetera. It could be really important. It could be nothing. Who knows? Be aware of it. Number four, Facebook is secretly using iPhone's camera as you scroll your feed. One more reason not to have iPhone. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I saw this and uh, it's definitely, I don't have Facebook on my phone. Haha. Uh -huh. And uh, it's a little terrifying. It is a little bit scary. I haven't read Did this you watch all, the video? So. It's, it was, no, like, it was a tweet, yet. right? Yeah. Wait, yeah. wait. So I, again, I have not seen it. Do they mean your front? Facing like so, it's tracking, no. Is it tracking uh, eye movement? No. It, in this example, it was the back facing camera. That is, makes sense. Why would yeah, they do in this that, example, though? it's his carpet. Yeah, he's showing his. The guy is showing his why? carpet. Camera. I'm just curious as to, unless it's like a bug. It's. Um, it, it, I think he does say it as a security bug. It's a security okay. bug. Yeah. yeah. So and then Ryan didn't include this one, but we have to talk about it because Kelsey mentioned it, and it ties back to last week's episode. So go back and listen to that one. Yeah, but turns out Tim's fears about his privacy are not all that far off. I am never wrong, people. Ever. Um, I don't know the name of the article though. Do you still have? It? <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get it right now. All right, Ryan's adding it in, so we're gonna fill the the dead air with um, me just some banter, some, banter, yeah, banter, 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 banter. Well. Basically, what happened is um, it was revealed yesterday, I believe, that Google has been working with a healthcare company called Ascension 
to create an electronic health record search tool. Um, and this project has been nicknamed Project Nightingale, I believe. Sounds right. But basically the issue is that they Google has access to a lot of patient uh, information. And they never told these patients or any doctors that they had that information. So it's a bit concerning. Um, we don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, I think the they, they, they specifically, Google and Ascension specifically say in the press release, they're covering their ass a little bit and they're saying, you know, the project is HIPAA compliant. So legally they have done nothing wrong, but it is disconcerting to a lot of people that what you assume to be private confidential healthcare information can be shared with yeah. a, a conglomerate without your, your knowledge and used to whatever effect is one concern. It's just, it's, it's disconcerting, but two, I mean, like any company, Google is not immune from potential data breaches. Right. They're, they have had data breaches. The, the what, what was the, uh, not LinkedIn, um, Google Plus was, was yeah. breached a number of mm -hmm. years back and passwords were stolen. And Google took a lot of slack for the fact that they didn't notify the users of the mm -hmm. fact until years after the, afterwards, it's just it. Anytime your information is being shared without your knowledge is cause for concern. Probably getting a little worked up for a little more worked up than we need to. But again, I'm never wrong. Listen <laughs> to what I say every time I say it. Yeah, I wouldn't do that if I were. Sure. <laughs> uh, that's it. I think. Yeah. Anything else, guys? That wraps it up. Cool. That wraps it up. If you like this episode, leave us a review on any podcast <laughs> platform that you use. We will be there. You can find us anywhere. Just write a write a review on a rock and throw it through our window. Yeah, whatever. Not our window. Uh, just not ours, our, yeah. please. A window. A window. A window. And tweet us if you have any questions. If uh, if you're looking for some support with your website optimization for speed reasons, let us know. And uh, or your HubSpot work or HubSpot. Yeah, yeah, we 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 offer a uh, we offer a complimentary HubSpot workflow audit. Uh, I'm happy to take a look at those. So let us know. Yeah, and we'll see you next week. 